Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Morning Dump, a fantasy baseball podcast. Hey, happy week 18, everybody. Welcome to the week 18 report. We're just about hitting mid-August here. Hope you're all enjoying yourselves as we get to the end of the summer. Got a lot of good stuff for you today. But first, I want to touch on an interesting thing that came up in one of my seven baseball leagues this week. It happens to be one of the three that I commission. And look, it's an interesting one. I've been playing fantasy for 15 years, commissioning a lot of leagues. I mean, I play in 19 across football, basketball, soccer, and baseball, even one hockey league. There was a trade that went down. Not interested in the players or anything involved. One of the guys went on a bit of a rant. He feels it's nonsense that a team competing for a playoff spot is allowed to trade with a team who's out of contention. Now, I know I always make my trade deadlines a little bit later than standard. I like people to have the ability to trade late into the season, just a few weeks before the playoffs. But I've never heard this one before. I think it's a nonsense complaint. I know some leagues have this rule, but I completely disagree with that. It is challenging enough to get people in your leagues who still want to compete after they're eliminated from playoff contention. And what good is that for your league? Making it even more difficult for folks to want to compete after they're eliminated. You're just giving free wins to the teams who are lucky enough to play against the guys who are out of contention. I am grateful for the managers in my leagues who do want to still compete, who want to pull off upsets and make the teams fighting for a playoff spot earn it. So when you're going to go and say some teams have a sooner trade deadline than others, where do you draw the line? Uh, what, what Are they not allowed to add free agents anymore once they're out of contention? Can they not even set their lineups? Why don't you just kick them out of the league, you know, throw all their players on waivers? What's the point of even having them in the league anymore? You got a regular fantasy season. You got a trade deadline. You've got rules. Everybody should get to play the same game until the regular season is up. As I've said in the past, the only reason I'm stepping in to veto a trade is if there's collusion. Otherwise, I don't even have voting in my leagues. When two teams agree on a deal, they feel like it's a win-win. It's done. So that's my two cents on that subject. Please tweet me, at MorningDFantasy. Let me know how you guys handle your leagues. I'm very curious. I also made a Reddit thread about it. So if you want to hop in there, share your thoughts, go for it. I'm going to skip the recent news this week. We'll just get back to that next week. Nothing too crazy happened last week. I mean, Fernando Tatis Jr. news came out, but I don't know. Is it even really news? Am I the only one who didn't expect him to play any games this year? Just sitting around waiting for the next motorcycle accident? So this time it's PEDs. Okay, see you next year. How about we get to some streams of the week, baby? Monday, 8-15. Looking at Alex Cobb of San Fran at home versus Arizona. Man still only around 30% owned. 
Surely by now you've heard it a hundred times. This guy is supposed to be lights out rest of season. Everybody's been talking about it since like week one. Dude's got a 287 XERA right now, 292 FIP, 279 XFIP. He's got the 64 ground ball percentage, which is second in the league. Excellent 23.7 hard contact, 25.3K percentage, 30.6 CSW percentage. I mean, you could talk about his stats all day. The dude looks like a top 30 pitcher on paper. Yet through 93.1 innings this year, not the case at all. He's sporting a 4.15 ERA, a 1.29 WHIP, 3 and 6 record. Strikeouts are still great, 9 and 6 K per 9 ratio. But he's performing more like a top 75 pitcher, top 100. However, unlike most streamers, around 30% owned, this guy still possesses the makings of a top 30 pitcher. Potential fantasy league-winning talent right here. So, he's my pick for Monday. Great matchup versus Arizona. In the event he completely dominates, he's worth holding on to to see if it's the start of his turnaround. Second start this week is at Coors. Wouldn't bother with that one. Just a stash if he ends up killing it. Tuesday, 8-16. Looking at Justin Steele of Chicago. The Cubs at Washington. Around 15% owned. Steele cracked the list last week, and he showed up big for everybody who rolled the dice on him. Earned the quality start across six innings with nine punch-outs and just two earned runs. Just the second time over his past seven starts, letting up two or more earned runs. With 45 strikeouts over that 37-inning stretch. He's jumped to a league 12th best 20.9 hard contact percentage and a league 21st best 52.6 ground ball percentage. All whilst lowering his season ERA to 3.63 after that latest start. Main concern with this guy is the high whip and high walk percentage at 1.41 and 9.6% respectively. But look, he's facing Washington. It's a great matchup, especially lined up to face Corbin on the other side. Roll him out with confidence. Dude's going to get the win, give you some solid ratios and Ks. Wednesday, 8-17, going right back to Washington with Drew Smiley of the Cubs at home, around 7% owned. We all know the art of streaming in any fantasy sport revolves around playing the matchups. Especially late in the season, this strategy is amplified. So we're after Washington. Smiley's coming off a dominant 9K performance in just five innings where he earned the win in the Field of Dreams game last week. And across his last four starts, he's got three wins and two quality starts. While only allowing over one run once. Smiley's sitting on a respectable season-long 3.69 ERA and 1.288 whip. That whip is superior to the higher-owned Steel, who I just mentioned. And his XERA is right there at 3.55. While boasting a top 55.6 walk percentage and 23.9 hard contact percentage. Dude's striking out 7.8 per 9 on the year. Pretty average. Solid pick. 7% owned. Go for it. Thursday, 8-18. We're going back to Dane Dunning of Texas. At home versus Oakland. Man's around 10% owned. Dunning was also on the list for last week. He didn't do so well. Faced a tough Seattle team. 4.1 innings. 5 hits. 3 walks. 3 earned runs. 5 Ks. Doesn't add up so great. That's a 6-2-3 ERA and a 1-5-8 whip. But, 
As I mentioned last week, he is one of the best ground ball pitchers in the game, ranked 7th in the league with a 57.4 ground ball percentage. He's sitting on some solid peripherals there to go with his 404 ERA, including a 455 X ERA, 415 FIP, 394 X FIP, with a 136 WHIP. He's pretty average with respect to the Ks at around 8 per 9, with a 20.5 K percentage and a 29 CSW percentage. But look, you add all that up, He's got pitching streamer written all over it. Partially, this pick is because I don't like anybody else on the streaming options. But mostly, here we are again. Great matchup. Dude's facing Oakland. Should be an easy bounce back for him, and he's my guy on Thursday. Friday, the 19th. Looking at Graham Ashcraft of Cincy at Pittsburgh, around 17% owned. There are a handful of pitching streamer options on Friday. You got Ashby around 20% facing the Cubs. With all of his amazing stats, though, that 10.7 walk percentage is getting him into a lot of trouble. Too much for my taste. I'm going to stay away. You got Jordan Lyles of Baltimore and Cutter Crawford of Boston both facing off. They're around 15% owned, putting up some pretty decent numbers. But my pick's Ashcraft's. He's looking at a rare winnable game for Cincy, projected to face off against Tyler Bede, who sports a 10-walk percentage of his own and isn't exactly stretched out. Meanwhile, Ashcraft, while not a big K guy and having trouble with hard contact at 28.8%, he does a lot of things well. Dude's sitting on a league 14th best 54.2 ground ball percentage. He's limiting the walks well, 5.5%. 1.31 whip, pretty good. 3.94 ERA, 3.87 X ERA, and he does it all with upper 90s velo and a great pitch mix to go with it. This guy, I think he's going to be a great pitcher for years to come. For now, you can absolutely stream him against Pittsburgh. Saturday, 8:20. Looking at my guy Dustin May of the Dodgers at home versus Miami. He's around 40% owned. I think it's already 55% on Yahoo while just 25% on ESPN. Both of those criminally under-owned. I mean, it's definitely possible they take it slow with him to make sure he's right for the playoffs, but I will not be missing out if not. Probably heard me talk about this guy before, but if it's your first time tuning in, this guy does it all. Fantasy league winner written all over him. Guy gets a lot of Ks. Limits hard contact, generates the ground balls, he posts elite ratios. I mean, we're talking about a career 293 ERA and 1065 whip across 113.2 innings. And before he went down with Tommy John surgery in 2021, he struck out 35 batters in 23 innings. I'm really only giving him streamer eligibility right now because of his ownership percentage and because it's always risky starting a guy in his first game back from a lengthy absence. But in an easy one at home against Miami, come on. Get this guy if you still can, and do not let go. Sunday, 821. Looking at my guy of Pittsburgh, Mitch Keller. Back to the Pittsburgh Cincy series. He's around 10% owned. But this time, we're targeting Cincy. Prior to his latest start, Keller went on a run for five straight quality starts. And over his past six, he's sitting on a 2-2-3 ERA and a 1.1 whip across 36.1 innings. 
He's a top 30 ground ball pitcher, generating them around 51.5% of the time. This season, 425 ERA, 420 XERA, 388 FIP, 400 XFIP. They're all solid. He has been patient finding his way in the bigs. But he was once a 313 ERA, 1169 whip, and 9.6K per nine pitcher over his 567.1 innings in the minors, which solidified his place among the top 20 MLB prospects of 2019, including Michael Kopech, Casey Mize, Mackenzie Gore, and Jesus Lazario. This guy is as solid of a pitching streamer as they come, facing Cincy on Sunday to help you secure the bag and roll your way into victory. I got you with a little pumper dunk. Recent pumps definitely still crushing it in the bigs. MJ Melendez, Jorge Mateo, Jose Miranda, Andre Jimenez, Nick Gordon, William Contreras, brother of Wilson, Stephen Kwan, Josh Rojas, Nico Horner, and how about Bryson Stott playing well too? He just became the first player ever to reach base four times in the same game against Scherzer? Epic feat. But I got some new guys for you. First up, Vaughn Grissom, shortstop, with second base eligibility on the way. New rook who just got called up for Atlanta, the next big thing, following Michael Harris to second. He's already 45% owned on Yahoo and 20% on ESPN. And this guy's off to an explosive start in the majors. I mean, god damn. Through his first five games, man's 5 for 15, with two homers, two runs, four ribbies, and a swiped bag. Swiped bags down in the minors, too. And down there, he slashed 315, 402, and 465. Yes, shortstop's a very deep position, but dude keeps putting up numbers like this. He can't hurt you in a utility spot. Next up, Vinny Pascantino, first base for KC, around 15% on. The highly touted former top 100 prospect could be breaking out. Over the last two weeks, he's slashing 313, 370, 563. With eight runs, four homers, and seven ribbies. Beautiful numbers. A lefty back could prove to be some great depth at first base for you. Another first baseman with outfield eligibility on the way, Joey Manessis. Might have butchered that. Man plays for Washington, around 10% owned. A lot of buzz around this guy. You may have heard about him already. The 30-year-old slugger got called up to make his big league rookie debut finally after years down in the minors. He got the call to replace Josh Bell after the Soto deal, where Josh was also sent over to San Diego. And through his first nine games, Joey Slugger hits five homers, tying a few big league names like Austin Riley, Jordan Alvarez, and Pete Alonzo for, I think, third or fourth most ever in their first nine major league games. Is Joey one of these big names? Most likely not. But you love to see a 30-year-old guy get his call up and just crush it when he finally gets his chance to prove himself in the bigs. He's 12 for 31 so far, slashing 387, 441, 871. In the event he keeps this up for a while, he's worth an ad just to find out. Another guy I want to circle back to who I did mention when he first got the call, Adley Rutschman, catcher for Baltimore. He's already 80% owned on Yahoo, 65% on ESPN. And 
I mean, another one, criminally on their own to me. There are five catchers I'd rather be running right now. That's it. In this order. Will Smith, Wilson Contreras, Salvi Perez, JT Realmuto, Alejandro Kirk. All of them. Roughly 95% owned or more. I would not roster any other catcher over Adley. He's crushing. It's not like there are six-team leagues out there. And all of them require you to roster a catcher. So what the heck is Adley doing 65% owned in ESPN? Adley's out here playing for one of the hottest teams in baseball. I mean, literally, since June 15th, two months ago, they got the fifth best record in the league at 32-18, and 18, vaulting them into wildcard contention. And Adley has been a big part of that. Speaking of Baltimore success, another man who's been a big part of it, Felix Bautista, relief pitcher for Baltimore. Also, big difference between Yahoo and ESPN. He's 70% on Yahoo versus 30% on ESPN. Meanwhile, over the past 30 days, he's tied for 11th with four saves, which encompass his sixth total since taking over as the closer. On the year... 169 ERA, 0.90 whip, 35.2K percentage, 12Ks per nine, 4.26Ks per walk with a 32.5 CSW percentage. I mean, just nasty stuff. This is more so for ESPN leagues, but if he's still available and you're counting saves, absolutely grab this guy if you still can. Baltimore lining him up for a lot of opportunities. And lastly, one more pitcher I want to drop coming back. Uh, he actually just came back. Lance McCullers Jr., pitcher for Houston, around 60% owned right now. He's back, and he's legit. Guy tossed 162.1 innings last year with a 3.16 ERA, 1.22 whip, and 10.3 Ks per nine, sporting a 13-5 record. Absolutely must add player if he's still available. I mean, nothing else has changed. He's still playing for a great Houston team. He's better than plenty of the guys in the 70 to 80% owned range. He was definitely over 90% owned at the end of last season. Lance is free a stuff. Go get him and reap the benefits. That's all I got for week 18. Catch you all next week. Good luck in this one and truly. I am grateful for every one of you tuning in. Thank you. And remember, can't have your coffee without the morning dump.